Hello everyone, welcome to the Memorial Heights Baptist Church podcast. Today's message was given by Pastor Nick Davies on May 5th, 2021, during our Wednesday evening service. If you have never joined us in person, we would love to see you here. Our services are Sunday at 10.30 a.m., Sunday at 7 p.m., and Wednesday at 6.45 p.m. We want to thank you for spending time listening today and encourage you to share these messages with a friend so they too might hear the Word of God. But for now, grab your Bible, open your ears, and let's get into it. One spring day in 1950, in the Captain Mountains of New Mexico, an operator in one of the fire towers spotted smoke and called the location into the nearest ranger station. The first crew discovered a major wildfire sweeping along the ground between the trees, driven by a strong wind. Word spread rapidly, and more crews reported to help forest rangers, local crews from New Mexico and Texas. And the New Mexico State Game Department set out to gain control of the raging wildfire. As the crew battled to contain the blaze, they received a report of a lone bear cub seen wandering near the fire line. They hoped that the mother bear would soon return for him. Soon, about 30 of the firefighters were caught directly in the path of the fire storm. They survived by laying face down on a rock side for over an hour as the fire burned past them. Nearby, the little cub had not fared as well. He took refuge in a tree that became completely charred, escaping with his life but also with badly burned paws and hind legs. The crew removed the cub from the tree, and a rancher among the crew agreed to take him home. A New Mexico Department of Game and Fish Ranger heard about the cub when he returned to the fire camp. He drove to the rancher's home to get the cub on a plane to Santa Fe, where his burns were treated and bandaged. This is the story of, can you guess, Smokey, I found out today that it is not Smokey the Bear, it's Smokey Bear. Smokey the Bear came from a song, so I will try not to say Smokey the Bear today because I kept typing it over and over again as I wrote this out today. Uh, now that came from SmokeyBear.com, I didn't write that. Um, I wasn't even close to alive whenever this happened. But his legend stays on, right? We all know Smokey Bear. We all know Smokey the bear. The legendary wildfire prevention bear that has one of the most memorable catchphrases. Only you can prevent forest fires. It's true, right? My deep voice isn't all that great. My, my smoky bear impression is not all that good. But you can watch what you do with your ashes after a cookout or a contained fire. Make sure that it doesn't get uncontained. Don't throw your cigarette butts into a dry grass field. Uh, seems easy enough to do, right? And yet, we still have crazy wildfires fires that start with reckless behavior. In September 2020, a family started a forest fire that would eventually go on to burn up over 22,000 acres. I doubt that they meant to. I, I, I doubt. In their plans that day, they had burned down El Dorado, or yeah, I think it was El Dorado. The, the forest fire in California uh, 
that burned for 23 days. Yet due to the carelessness of their actions at a gender reveal party held next to seasonal grasses, the forest was burnt up. One reckless moment cost 23 days of a forest burning, one firefighter his life, 13 firefighters, uh, non-life-threatening injuries. It cost people their homes, people their cars, their pictures were burnt up. Animals lost their homes. Countless animals were probably killed. Take a look at some of these pictures that I pulled from this fire. Uh, there's a handful of them. Should we go to the next one? This used to be forest. Go on to the next one. And the next one. It's kind of kind of breathtaking, isn't it? Incredible. And the next one. And one more, I think. Yeah. Um, it's pretty incredible to see a forest ablaze. This particular picture uh, started an Arizona fire uh, back in 2017. This is also a gender reveal party. Uh, so lesson learned, don't do a gender reveal party. But as you can see, they did it right in the middle of grass. Not really a smart idea. And that eventually burned over 47,000 acres. Pretty devastating, isn't it? I think all the people that lost their homes, years and years are going to go by before those forests are replenished. And it's never going to be the same. It's never going to be the same way that it was. Like Smokey the Bear, Smokey Bear, I'm going to do that over and over again, says, only you can prevent forest fires. Turn with me to James 3. 1 through 12, so that you can see why I brought this up today. We're going to meet a lot of different passages today, but this is where we're going to start. In James 3, it says this, My brethren, be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. For in many things we offend all. If any man offended, offend not in word, the same as a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the, in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great and are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeneth. Even so the tongue is a little member and boasteth of great things. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth, and the tongue is a fire a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body and setteth on fire the course of nature and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beasts and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith we curse men, which are made after the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not so to be. Doth a fountain send forth at the same time sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either a vine, figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. As I read this passage and as I've read it the past couple days, 
I can't help but think about how this has to be one of the sternest warnings in Scripture. Now, I love fire. I've always loved fire. Something about it is just incredible to me. It, but I have a respect for fire. I have a respect for the power of fire because without careful attention, fire can become quite dangerous as we've already seen today. Our mouths are like this. Without careful consideration, our mouths can become quite dangerous. And it's never accidentally dangerously good. It's always accidentally dangerously bad. Our tongue is our most dangerous weapon that we hold. A weapon that can be used for or against the kingdom of God. With our words, we can hurt ourselves and others. But also with our words, we can be used by God to draw others to himself. I'm sure you can think of when someone's words wrecked you. You can think of the moment now. It doesn't take long. Maybe they realized what they were doing. Maybe they didn't. Nevertheless, it was words spewed out. You haven't forgot because the forest has caught fire in your heart. I'm sure you can think of a time where you even said something that you wish you could have taken back. Had a bad case of foot and mouth disease. I've had that. I've had that many times. Your own words sit in the back of your head and eat you alive. You wonder, are they still hurting that person? I didn't really mean it. Or maybe you just didn't mean to say it out loud. But you did. And like a match, I didn't practice this. I normally use lighters to light my candles, so bear with me if this doesn't work. Like a match, that's all it took. Can't be unburned. That's it. It's been lit. Can't reverse it. It's already been done. Just like this match, our words are not easily undone. I hope you can think of a time where, no, I'm going to try not to catch the podium on, on fire. <laughs> yes. If it catches on fire, we'll, 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 we'll do something. Um, <laughs> it's always the youth pastor, right? Um, I hope you can, <laughs> this is going as planned. Uh, I hope you can think of a time in your life where words were not just a burden to you, or not just a scar to you, but where someone's words were a comfort to you. Or when you've had the opportunity to comfort somebody and remind them of the loving God that we have. I hope you've taken time to do that. Why do we remember so well words that were spoken to us? Why do we remember so well the words that were spoken? Why are they so powerful? Why is death and life in the power of the tongue? And they that love it shall eat of the fruit thereof, as Proverbs 18.21 says. Well, one reason words are so powerful is revealed to us in Matthew 12.33-37. So turn with me there. One big reason our words are so powerful is that they reveal what's happening here. They reveal what's going on inside of us. They reveal what our hearts are really feeling. Matthew 12, 33-37 says this, Either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree 
is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye being evil speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things. And an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. You see, our words reveal our hearts. Our words show what we're really dwelling on. What's in your heart is going to come out. It's going to come out in your words. That's why what you put into your heart matters. Is Jesus in there? Or is it still a heart stone? Now, as I go on about speaking about words, remember that our words are not just necessarily what we speak, but also what we sit behind a keyboard and type. It's also the words that we text to a friend or the things that we are promoting on XYZ social media. Our words are revealing. Our words tell us what's going on right here. To help us determine where our hearts are, looking at the fruit of our mouth will help. Just like Jesus says, what comes out of your mouth is coming from your heart. So we must ask ourselves daily, what does my fruit look like? What's my fruit look like right now? What am I saying to people? What am I even speaking to myself? Am I feeding myself lies? Well, there's a lot of bad things that your mouth can do and a lot of good things that your mouth can say. We're going to look at some of those tonight. First thing is cursing. We see that in James chapter 3. From the mouth proceeds blessing and cursing. Cursing involves the expression of angry wishes on an enemy. A direct attack, might I add, on the command of God from Matthew 5.44, which says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. Do good to them that hate you. And pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. We're not called to curse our enemies. We're called to love our enemies. Bless them. The exact opposite. Another thing our tongues can do is lie. Intentionally spreading falsehood. We don't tend to think of lying as this big sin, right? We, we even have a phrase, just a little white lie. Really wasn't all that bad, was it? Was it? I think Scripture is pretty clear that lying is quite a problematic sin. Proverbs 12.22 says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. On the, con- on the contrary, you and I as believers, Matthew 5.37 but says, But let your communication be yea, yea, nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh from evil. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Be direct, upfront about it. Don't lie. Lying is a match that will burn up your credibility. Just like that. Trust is broken. And it's hard to rebuild trust. It's a lot harder to rebuild trust than it is to light a match. Another thing our tongues can do is gossip. Proverbs 16.28 says, A froward man soweth strife, and a whisperer separateth chief friends. Another proverb, 
19, he who goes about as a talebearer reveals secrets, therefore do not associate with one who flatters with his lips. Just another sin that we don't really like to put the weight on it that it deserves. But guess what? Gossip as well is a match that can burn down a forest, that can break apart relationships. Another thing is crude talking. Ephesians 5, 3 through 4 says, But fornication and all uncleanliness or covetousness, let it not be once named among you, as becometh saints, neither filthiness nor foolish talking nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Guess what? It's just another thing, another match that will burn, that can ruin your reputation, that can catch a forest ablaze. We have to be careful what we say. But not only is our mouth a dangerous thing for evil, it's also a dangerous thing for good. There's certainly a lot of good that can come if we let God work through us and in us. Our mouths can be used for blessing. Look at Psalm 103 with me, uh, verses 1 through 5. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfieth thy mouth with good things, so that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. To worship our Lord is good. We should never refrain from praising his name and from ascribing to him the glory that he is due. If we have the opportunity to lift up and praise his name, we should surely take it. We also not only bless our Lord, but we bless our enemy. We wish for good, not harm. Uh, look at 1 Peter 3.9. It says, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrawise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto called, that ye should inherit a blessing. We're called to bless our enemies, not get our vengeance, but to instead bless, pray for them. Luke 6.28 says, Bless them that curse you and pray for them that which despitefully use you. That's a hard, hard command, isn't it? I know it is for me. I'm sure it is for all of us. Not only does our mouth bless our Lord and is supposed to bless our enemies, but we're all supposed to give glory to God with our mouths. Hebrews 13.15 says, By him therefore let us offer sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. Are you using your mouth for good by giving glory to God? Are you praising him? Are your lips praising him? Our lips also confess Jesus as Savior. Romans 10.9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Our profession of faith is quite important. Confessing Jesus as our Savior both publicly and privately. We can also confess Christ. In 1 Peter 3, 15-16 it says, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you for a reason of the hope that is in you, with meekness and fear. 
having a good conscience, that whereas they speak evil of you as evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. This is a great time to speak. This isn't a moment where we should hold our tongue when someone comes to us and asks for the reason for the faith that is within us. We ought not to hold our tongues. We're to boldly proclaim Jesus. When we're silent on the reality of our faith, our mouth is not doing what it was created to do. Our mouth was created to give Him glory. Our mouths were created to speak with Him. When it's time to defend our faith, when it's time to confess, we must confess. When the rubber meets the road, if you stand as someone who um, may be martyred for your faith, what would you say? Would you confess Christ? But we're not to get vengeance. We're to give an answer for our faith to know truth. Jesus or uh, Paul writes in Romans 12, 9, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Focus entirely on Him. We defend our faith by sharing our faith. We defend our faith by living our faith. We defend our faith by sharing and speaking of our faith, claiming it. Another thing that our tongues can do, our, our mouths can do that is good is Proverbs 10:11. It gives life. The mouth of a righteous man is a well of life, but violence covereth the mouth of the wicked. Do you encourage people? Do you love them? Do you love them by how you speak to them? Do you care for them? Do they know that you are a safe person to come to in time of trouble? Do they know that in you there's something a little bit different? Do you have joy that Maybe they just don't have. Do you have something that they don't have and they see it? They hear it by the way that you speak at work? Do you give life? Do you share the gospel, which is the life, which is Jesus? Do you share that with those who you work with? Does your mouth produce life or does it produce violence? There's a lot of things that we can say. There's a lot of we talk a lot. A lot of times we talk too much. I've been known to talk too much. So what do we do? In James, it says that, uh, verse 8, it says, But the tongue can no man tame. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. If we can't tame our tongue, what can we do? It's just going to set every forest ablaze that it touches? No, we have hope. We have grace. First thing we need to do is confess. To God, first and foremost. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. For all of the moments that you have let your tongue become a fire that has set a forest ablaze, you can be forgiven. Admitting you're a sinner before God is the first step in overcoming any sin, especially that of using your tongue unwisely. But we also need to confess to one another. James 5.16 says, Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Maybe today you're sitting in your seat and you need to confess to a neighbor, to a spouse, to a brother or sister, a child, or a parent of something that you said to them. 
Maybe maybe you were even thinking about it before you walked in today. You're walking in thinking, man, I wish I would not have said that last minute, the last hour, last year. Maybe I wish I wouldn't have said that 20 years ago, and it's just been sitting in the back of your head. You can have freedom from that because of Jesus. We're in the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus wants to restore by the grace of Jesus. Not only does he want us to, but by his grace, we can be restored to one another. Second thing we need to do is repent. Turn from relying on yourself. You can't do it on your own. We can't tame our own tongue. We need Jesus. We need to rely on the Holy Spirit as believers that dwell within us to help us overcome this sin. Galatians 5.16 says, then I, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And I tell you, when you get a good jab in, in an argument with somebody, for a moment, maybe it feels good. Like, I won that battle. But in that moment, maybe you lost the war. Maybe you lost the relationship. We're trying to gratify the lust of the flesh, winning, and putting somebody down, making ourselves to be better. But if we walk in the Spirit, we're not going to fulfill the lust of the flesh. And the last thing is grow. We need to grow. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 3, one of the, I'd say, um, better known passages even uh, outside of the church, but Ecclesiastes chapter 3 to everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under the heaven. You skip down to verse 7. The second part of that verse, it says, there's a time to keep silence and a time to speak. We must know when to speak and when not to speak. Look back at the list that we just went over. Where are the words that you are about to say going to fall? Are they going to reflect God's character? Or are they going to reject him? Are they going to reflect something that God himself would say? Or are they going to deny him? If you're wondering, should I say this? Is this something I should say? Maybe you should put it through the filter of Ephesians 4.29, which says, Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. Is what you are about to say going to edify somebody? Or is it going to tear them down? It's hard to find something that's just neutral. Are you going to build somebody up? Or are you going to tear them down? And when in doubt, if you still don't know, should I say this or not? James 1.19 says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, and slow to wrath. At the end of the day, we all have to remember only you and I, ourselves, can prevent forest fires. Like Smokey the Bear said, we have control over our tongue. We can hold it. We can be slow to speak by the power of God working in us. How will you use your words? Do you use it for the kingdom or against it? I was having a conversation uh, as we close up here with my 
uh, adopted brother Josh this week, and he was asking me some questions, and it was an interesting conversation overall. Uh, but about halfway through, I realized he wasn't listening. I said, Josh, you need to learn this. And he said, what? 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 What do I need to learn? I just sat there and didn't say anything. My sister said, silence, dude. Shh. So many times, a lot of our problems will be solved. You know, a lot of my problems will be solved if I just sat back and waited. Let God do the work. Don't try and get vengeance in a silly argument. Don't try and um, tear somebody down. But instead, use our words for edifying, for growing, and prevent forest fires. Because we can by the power of God working in us. Let's close in a word of prayer and then we'll get into our prayer time. Lord God, I just thank you for your word. Lord, as convicting as it is, Lord, we need that conviction. Lord, I pray that we would crave the conviction of your word so that we might grow in holiness, so that we might grow to look more like your son, Jesus, so that we might reflect your son, Jesus, to the world around us, that they see you, that they see our good works and glorify you who is in heaven. Lord God, I pray that you would convict us and draw us to yourself, that you would, um, Lord, start a fire of revival not just um, in this church, but in our own individual hearts, Lord, that we would seek you above all things. Lord, taming our tongue is a, is a battle every single day. We are tempted to say things that we should not. Lord, give us the wisdom to know when to speak. Lord, because there is time to speak. Lord, also give us the wisdom to know when we should not speak, when we should hold our tongues and wait on you to work. Lord God, I thank you that you are a God that loves us. I thank you that you are a God that gives us words of wisdom when we need them. Your word says you will. So Lord, we just trust you. Lord, I pray that we would all um, submit to you every single day in this and, and realize that our words impact. Our words have power because they reveal what's going on in our hearts. Lord, I pray that our fruit would reflect that we are followers of you. Lord, I pray that our fruit would reflect that we love you more than anything this world can offer us. And Lord, we just thank you for your grace that the moments that we choose to stand against you and to use our mouths for evil, Lord, you give us grace. Undeserved grace through your son, Jesus. Lord, it's in his name that we pray. Amen. That's all for today. I hope this has made a positive impact in your relationship with Jesus. If you have never accepted Christ as your Savior and would like to know how, give one of our pastors a call at 301-724-5876. We would love nothing more than to share the good news with you. We hope to see you soon, and until next time, stay faithful.